Mets fans, I want to take a quick break from talking baseball and let you know about the next top prospect in building a smart home. Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is that big time new star prospect. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is a smart lock, a 2K resolution camera, and a doorbell. It's three devices in one, triple the security. You know triples are rare in baseball, but not with Eufy. You can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but also for convenience. Just the other night, I had tons of packages in the rain. Rather than fumble for my keys, I easily entered my home. This is big since I have four dogs who are impatiently waiting for me at the door. No more concerns about losing keys, and you could assign passwords to your family members. Worried about when your loved ones are getting home? Eufy allows you to see them coming back home via the integrated camera. Hey Mets fans, this is a home run. I had a competitive product before Eufy, and it's the difference between a one-dimensional hitter and a five-tool player. Eufy is that five-tool superstar. Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com to learn more. Already sold? Go to Amazon and get your Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Want to go to the store? Best Buy will have it starting around May 20th. Get complete control over your front door at ease with the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. of the Talking Mets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Silva, here on this Thursday, December the 8th, 2016. Of course, if you want to check out the show, go to MetsMorizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. You can check me out on SoundCloud, iTunes, or whatever podcasting service you desire. Yes, it's Thursday, not the normal day for the show. And it's actually not a normal show as, for the first time in a while, and I've done uh, live shows many times, and that's when the genesis of podcasting started. That's all I did was live shows. This is the first time we're trying this with the Talking Mets podcast and Mets Marais Online. We already got a couple of callers on hold. I don't know how many we're going to get tonight. I said I'd do it between 9 and 10. We'll play it by ear. We'll see where it goes. Um, it's going to be pretty simple. So here's the deal. I'm going to probably get into it. And if you're on hold, I promise I'll, I'll get to you in a couple of minutes. I'm not going to go on for 30 minutes here. But a couple of things. So first off, I'm going to give you the area code and the last four digits of your number. That's all because – I don't have a call screener. I'm a one-man show. Going back and forth with this service is, is a little wonky, so we'll do it that way. If you want to throw out your MetsmorizedOnline.com handle, I saw some people mention that as in, I was going through the comments section before the show. That'd be awesome. That's great. Do me a favor. You want to you know, go back and forth, have fun. That's like, Just don't curse. Don't say anything silly. It's not going to bother me. It's not the point. 
Then I got to go back. I got to edit it out. You never know if people listen on replay. They may have kids in the car. Uh, they may, you know, you don't know where they're listening. So just try to, you know, let's let's have some fun with it. I, I don't get offended very easily or at all. Um, it's more about those listening and, and who's listening and whatnot. And we try to be a family show. So uh, that's about it. Everything else is fair game. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. There's not a lot that went down in National Harbor, Maryland uh, for the winter meetings. The Mets seem to have made their big move with Ioannis Cespedes. I'm guessing that's bothering some individuals, especially the fact that the Yankees made some moves. Uh, more importantly, the Nationals with uh, Adam Eaton made some moves. The Cubs made some really interesting moves. Um, and look, I, I have to say, when it comes to trading Jay Bruce, and here's where I'll start. I'll start with a couple points, then let's open it up to the phone lines. Uh, as well as, by the way, if you want to email, I think Joe DeCaro had sent, uh, put his email address and, and put a mailbag out there. But anyway, let me get back to the point. Go back a few years, and I understand that this isn't exactly apples to apples here. Uh, however, um, when you think about it, when Ike Davis was uh, available, when the Mets were looking to move Ike Davis or Lucas Duda uh, about four years ago, Sandy Olison played that pretty methodically. And that's his MO. I mean, it worked with Carlos Beltran. It worked to a certain degree with R.A. Dickey. That was a different situation. Um, when he's had an asset or he's had to move an asset, he, he moves it on his terms. Now with Ike, if you remember, power was at a premium. You're, you're talking post-steroids. I know Ike had issues. I know he's not Jay Bruce and he certainly didn't have the resume of Jay Bruce, but he's not all that different of a player if you think about it. Left-handed power, things of that nature. And they sat on that asset for a while. And, and at one point, there was rumors that they were going to be able to trade him to Baltimore, and the name of Zach Britton came up. And I think Alderson passed. So think about that. And I think he was way too methodical in that situation. They wound up giving him to the Pirates. They got a couple of prospects. I don't, I know neither one has really worked out. And personally, in my opinion... They waited too long, and they, and they had to give away Ike Davis because the market dried up. I'm not suggesting that's what's going to happen with Jay Bruce. However, you wait too long, and, and that's where this is going to be interesting as we get into Christmas and the new year. You could probably be too clever by a half. It does seem that although Jay Bruce has that very rare quality of power that you don't necessarily see, although home runs are up, power and 30 home run power from the left side – still is something that has a premium. You don't, 30 home run hitters just don't grow on trees. I think it'll look great. There will be a market, and then the dynamic here of this market is, is this going to be a salary dump? Um, are they going to be able to get back a reliever? Um, you really don't know because you don't know what exactly is the market now for Jay Bruce because you hear tepid interest. It's amazing how it's gone from, well, the Mets can move him very quickly to, well, now there's tepid interest from Texas and Toronto, and a lot of this may be the game that, that teams play. But this should not surprise any of you because this is historically what Sandy Alderson has done. And the problem with this is that now the rest of your roster is in, is in a holding pattern because he's pretty much went out and said they're not going to buy the new house before they sell the old house, that old house being Jay Bruce, which is $13 million. They're not going to go north of $150 million, and that's another thing that may annoy you guys, but let's be realistic. The Mets still have debt. 
This is not necessarily about the Wilpons not wanting to spend. They may not have the funds to spend, and I'm not defending them. That's the situation the Mets have been in for a better part of five or six years. So we could sit here and complain and, 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 and argue about all that, but that's reality. If the Mets' payroll needs to go down, what is that figure? And here's the other part. The other part here is David Wright's salary, which has been largely covered by insurance the last couple of years. Now that $20 million may not be if he decides that you know, he has something left and plays the full season. Even if he plays, you know, sits on the bench, you've got to pay that salary. So remember, the Mets have worked with a David Wright salary that has been largely covered. They're not counting on that right now. A lot of things going on there. Most importantly, and I'm going to open up to the phone lines in just a minute here. Most importantly, you look at the roster. The Mets offensively scored about the same amount of runs last year that they did the year before. The pitching was the same. Um, I think it comes down to the bullpen. The bullpen is that important. You're going to have a little bit of a, of a, a situation where Familia will be out for probably a month, maybe longer. Addison Reed, you never know what happens when someone goes from the eighth to the ninth inning. Look at what the Cubs did. They brought in Wade Davis. They brought back Uihara. They brought, you know, they have their guys like Strope and, and Rondon that they're going to move them to sixth and seventh inning situations. That's a strong bullpen. You got, you know, they got, they got themselves a lefty. Um, the Mets are not going to play in that upper echelon. The Uihara deal, which was about five billion dollars, that disappointed me. Now I read a little bit about velocities down, and I trust the Mets that they know what the deal and the score is. But they also, because of the financial situation, they got to be right. And they can't take on too many $5 million uh, relievers and be wrong. And they seem to be a little gun-shy because of guys like Antonio Bastardo, DJ Carrasco. All due respect, you start going the Brad Ziegler route, or you go in another tier of pitchers, that's not DJ Carrasco. You know, the Mets are in a different spot than they were when they were shopping in that C-level bin and having to pay B prices because you know they were who they were at that time, early and older since tenure. So um, I think that's what concerns me. If the payroll is what it is and Bruce is holding it up and these relievers come off the board, can you even go out and get a Joe Smith type? They need that. They need a lefty. I'd love to see them bring Blevins back. I think even on a two or three year deal, you might have to consider it because Dunn and Logan are downgrades. Dunn I actually think is a little better than Logan because. Dunn can get lefties and righties out, although he's not as dominant against lefties as Logan. Uh, he reminds me a little bit more of, of, of Blevins. Uh, I like Joe Smith. That's an option. Ziegler, I don't see a Ziegler signing to be a setup guy here when you can even sign up with a, better, with a bad team for a year and then go out, maybe then put your, your, your services back on the market and get closed. The closer money is just too much out there at a high rate for him to just come to the Mets. So anyway – Let's go to the phone lines. Let's hear what you guys have to say. So remember, I'm going to give you area code, last four digits, your phone number, and then you could have at it. And let's start. We're going to have the good old 718, 718 area code, uh, last four digits, 2232. You are on the air with the Talking Mets podcast with Mike Silva. How you doing? 718-2232, you're on the air. 718-2232. Also, uh, I don't want to give out your number. You have a 998 in your number? Is that, you know, ring a bell? All right, we'll put him back on hold. So, uh, got off to a little bit of a rocky start there. All right, let's go to a 219 area code, uh, 1820, the last four digits. You are on the air with Mike Silva in the Talking Mets podcast. Mike, what's happening? 
How you doing, my friend? What's going on? What's your name, What's handle, on, whatever? Man, What's going on with you? Hey, listen, I'm calling from Chicago, so but I'm I'm fully aware of what's going on with my Mets. Um, I got to say something about David Wright, because I know a lot of people are down on him regards the insurance, but if you ask me personally, I think he's earned the right to go out, no pun intended, to go out the way that he's got to go out. If he's got to play as much as he can play for the year, I say have at it. If that insurance money kicks in and he gets hurt, you know, so be it. But I think he's earned the right to, to go out there and do his best and try to play as much as he can. I agree with that. Let me ask you this, though, realistically. And I'm curious. You're out in Chicago. Uh, are, you, are you a yep. Mets fan in Chicago? Let me go there. Are you a Mets fan I in am. Chicago? Die hard. Die hard. Are you yep. in Cubs territory or more White Sox territory? I am more of the south side in Chicago, so which means I'm in Sox, but pretty close to uh, pretty close to the Cubs, too. So I get, I get both pieces of the pie. How, how insufferable have the Cubs fans become? Man, obnoxious, man. I mean, a Red Sox Yankees obnoxious. I mean, they're, they're, no, it's, it's you know, if it, it's like it's like if you're a Yankee fan, you hate the Mets, and if you're a Mets fan, you hate the Yankees. It's, it's the same thing, same thing out here. Interesting. You know, I I agree with you. Look, David Wright has done a lot for the franchise, and I'm not suggesting he should retire. Um, and I think it's pretty funny. I mean, you hear Terry Collins talk about 130 games he's going to play. I mean, let's be realistic. Do you really think David Wright though is going to play 130 games with that condition he has? I mean, that, Absolutely that's... not. I don't. I don't see him. I don't. What Terry Collins said the other day about him putting him four or five games or whatever it is. You know, I just I don't see it happening. I don't. I, that back condition yeah. that he's got, man, it's it's pretty scary. I mean, I mean we got. I mean we got basically three guys with back problems. We got Tuda. We got Neil Walker with back condition. And we got David Wright. But it seems to me that David Wright is the most serious out of all of them. And I just I just can't see him playing as much as Walker and Duda. And that's where this becomes a long jam because I don't know if he could – I mean, right now, he's not a good defensive third baseman. I mean, when Kelly Johnson, who stood out to me at third, uh, when he, he played there, and I'm like – I looked at a couple of plays he made, and I, and I said, David Wright can't do that anymore. I don't know if he could play first. And here's, here's the worst part. I could say, all right, David Wright will give you 85 to 100 games, hit left-handed pitching. You might have to sit him against some of the harder throwers. Um but is he is he is he able to get off the bench? See, this is where this is so problematic because last year he wasn't able to. Now I know he had surgery, he lost weight. No, this is a. I would say this. Don't be surprised, and I would ask you. Don't be surprised if we're we're sitting here in March and having a retirement press conference because he, he you know he finally realizes he can't do this. I hope it doesn't come to that, but I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think if he does play through it, and I understand your point, you're you're playing with a short roster though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I hear you. I don't. I don't have yeah. an argument against that. You know, but I mean, I mean, can't we just put Flores on third base or put somebody that's capable of playing um, his position? I mean, that's what isn't that why we got Reyes? Yeah, yeah, that's that is that is true. Absolutely. And hey, uh, thanks for the call on there. That's what they got Reyes. Look, this this to me, um, at this point, to me, Flores. Better at second base, better uh, spelling dude at first. I don't like the footwork at third. Um, I like Reyes at third. Sometimes with some of the, the plays on the bunt, it's a little tough for him. Uh, but for somebody who was a shortstop, um, he did an outstanding job, in my opinion, uh, switching over to third. I know traditionally he's um, he doesn't fit the profile with power. But when someone says that, I say to them this. I said, 
Neil Walker, you get power at second. Traditionally, you don't get power at second. You're going to get power at the shortstop position. You're going to get power at first. Um, you're going to get power in all uh, you know, three outfield positions if Conforto and, and Granderson are in the lineup. In theory, you should get some power behind a plate with Darno. You didn't see that this year. You can give up the power at third. It's, I love when people say, well, you have to get power at third base. Well, traditionally, yeah, but this lineup is different. This lineup has nothing but power. You want that dynamic. And the thing about Reyes, yeah, I hear about Reyes being the guy that um, is going to be the super sub. I get that, but you really need him to, to, to start. You really do. I mean, he's in that lineup. He adds a, adds a dynamic that traditionally you don't get. All right, let's move over to – and I know we, we had some people on hold. We lost a couple people, but call back in. The number, by the way, 646-716-8187. I should have given that out. That was the first FUBAR that uh, you know radio guys will say, why didn't you give out the number? Well, you, you saw it because it's an internet show, but the number is 646-716-8187. So call in. Looking to hear from you. Uh, let's go to New Jersey. 732 area code. 6374 is the last four digits. You're on the air with Mike Silva. Hi, this is Timothy, Timothy Fritt from Jackson. Hello, how are you? You. Should What's going I, on? I got a question for you. Okay. Good. Got a question. Should go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Should should a Mets should a Mets? You got like some papers rumbling in there. Oh my gosh. Should should a Mets trade Jay Booth? And pitching prospect Chris Flexen to the Rockies for Carlos Gonzalez and trade Lucas Duda to the Padres and pitching prospect Marini Gonzalez to the Padres for Yangura Solari. All right. Well, I don't think, you know, and I don't have these prospects in front of me right now. So, uh, you know, I don't know what those teams think of, of, those, uh, of those players. First of all, Blackman is a guy that if you look at, what the Nats got for Eaton, the package they gave up. And Eaton is a nice player, but he's not a a, a star. Colorado's going to say, hey, if you're going to give that up for Eaton, but Giolito is a top pitching prospect in there. Well, they're going to want that for Blackman because Blackman's a better player. Blackman's not a Col- uh, Coors Field, Colorado player. He, his splits were, were solid. Actually, he hit more home runs, I believe, on the road last year than at home. So are you prepared to probably – and already you saw, you heard that maybe in the Wade Davis talks where the Mets checked in on Wade Davis, um, that you know potentially uh, they asked for Ahmed Rosario. And now you know where this is going. So Blackman would cost that. I'm not going to trade Lucas Duda power at first base. In a position where you know Flores is the only other guy, unless you believe in Dom Smith, and we, there's no reason to believe that to get Salarte, who's a nice player, uh, but not worth that. So those are you know interesting thoughts, uh, but the first one's not going to happen. The second one I wouldn't do if I were the Mets. So um, I got somebody on a Skype line here. I think let me let me try this one out. I can't get your number. You're on the Skype line. You're on the air with Mike Silva. How you doing? Or a private number maybe? Hello. 
All right, so we're going to have to go back. Let's try the line again. All right, I got a 973-5750 is the last four digits. You're on the air with the Talking Mets podcast with Mike Silva. How are you doing? Hey, Mike, this is uh, Chris, uh, Vitamin CM. Hey, um, how you doing, man? Good. I was wondering if you were shocked by the uh, pretty high premium that's been going on for all the relievers lately. I feel like between the trade pieces given up and the, the big contracts being signed, it's uh, it's a pretty off-the-charts uh, winter for the free agents. Well, yes and no. Yes, because – what is it? Like, I mean, sorry, for the relievers. <laughs> yeah, for the relievers. What was it, a few years ago that we had all the analytics crowd tell us that closers don't matter? And anybody could be a closer. And now all of a sudden you got $90 million contracts for closers. But I, I talked about this in a podcast earlier in the, in the winter. Baseball is a copycat sport. Every sport's a copycat sport. Football, hockey. If a team is successful doing something, that offseason going into the next season, everybody decides to try to replicate it as the next new thing. Mets go to the World Series. Everybody's trying to stockpile young pitching. Uh, relievers like Andrew Miller and Aroldis Chapman get the Indians and the Cubs to the, the championship series, World Series. Everybody's trying to do that. Um, I'm a little surprised at the high cost, uh, but I'm not because, let's face it, it I, I don't know if you remember uh, back about 10, 12 years ago when the Marlins won the World Series, everybody wanted to go for speed. You know, All of a sudden, Juan Pierre and, and Louis Castillo was what you needed to have to win. And guess what? The Red Sox the next year win with on-base percentage and power. So I think we've seen that uh, in the past. Personally, I think you need a strong bullpen. I don't know if you could justify spending $20 million a year for a reliever, though. Do you agree? Yeah, it's, yeah that's a lot. And uh, especially if you look at what, um, what they gave up for uh, the guy, Wade. Some pretty big chips for him, too. Yeah, I mean, with... with, with with Wade Davis, though, you had Solaire, who, who they really had a, a surplus there. Um, at the end of the day, and I guess I'll ask you this, where do you want to see the Mets go? I mean, if you, Med Rosario is what you're going to have to give up to get a Wade Davis type of reliever, who, by the way, had some injuries and some mileage, so you don't know. Um, you know, where do you go? Obviously, they're not going the Yui Hara route because that was a $6 million, $5 million type deal they passed on. Where would you go? If you were Sandy Alderson, what would you do? Uh, in terms of the uh, the reliever market? Honestly, I would probably try and piece it together with some bargain basement guys for the sixth, seventh innings and wait for Familia to come back, stick with Reed. I just can't see giving up a guy like Rosario, who they could have for four or five years of control playing every day for 56 innings that you're going to get out of some relief pitcher. Yeah, no, I uh, I absolutely agree. Hey, thanks for the uh, thanks for the phone call. That's good. So, so far, so good. You guys are behaving yourself. Uh, you're bringing up some good points. I uh, hope you're enjoying it. The number is six four six seven one six eight one eight seven. Give me a call. It's uh, it's about twenty after nine. Um, so we're gonna do this probably till about ten o'clock. Hey, I'm just gonna take a quick one minute break. I know you guys are on hold. Let's take a break. And uh, when we return, we got some more people on hold. I promise I'll get to you. We'll talk more about the Mets. You're listening to the Talking Mets podcast. I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check out the show all the time at MetsMorizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you can check out the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or whatever podcasting service you desire. We'll be right back. Hey, Mets fans. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you're looking for the best unbiased and independent coverage of the New York Mets, 
then look no further than MetsmerizedOnline.com. Metsmerized Online is the go-to place for comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, great weekly features, in-depth analysis, minor league reports, game-by-game breakdowns, and so much more. Find out why thousands of fans turn to Metsmerized Online every day to get the latest news and opinions about the Mets. Coming from an impressive staff of the most passionate fans and skilled writers ever assembled all in one place. Check it out for yourselves, Mets fans. Go to MetsmerizedOnline.com right now. That's Mets, M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, online.com, and get Metsmerized today. We're back. Talking Mets podcast. Uh, hope everybody's uh, doing well out there. Uh, read some of the comments. It looks like uh, some people think it's a bust so far. So I apologize if that's what you think. Um, keep trying here. Um, it's something new. It's the first time we're doing it. Obviously, all feedback, good, bad, and different is uh, appreciated. I'm going to try again. We've had someone on hold a while for about five minutes, and it's a private number or Skype. Uh, you're on the Talking Mets podcast with Mike Silva. How you doing? Maybe private number. Going once, going twice. All right, these private numbers, man, sometimes they just don't work out. All right, let's go uh, 908-6357. You're on the air with Mike Silva, the Talking Mets podcast. Hey, Mike, thanks for uh, taking the call. Uh, I think the show is going fine, by the way. Uh, I think you're doing a great job. I think it's going as well as you can expect it to go. Um, What I wanted to uh, talk about a little bit is – your take on whether you feel that Zach Wheeler would be benefited by starting out the season in the bullpen versus uh, kind of going um, into the rotation mix to start? You know, it's a great, great point. And, uh, well, a couple of things there, and I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are. First off, I think they may need him in the bullpen because right now you're looking at, like the, the prior caller had said, uh, the cost of relievers, the Mets, I brought it up, the Mets payroll restrictions that may be out there. I don't know how long it's going to take to tra- trade Dre Bruce. We talked. I brought up Ike Davis and what happened a few years back and how long that took. Um, so they may need him. Uh, I worry about how the up and down, the frequent usage, what's that going to do for his health. Um, but really, other than the need there, I don't see how that – because you're going to use him in short spurts. I don't think they're just going to use him for two, three innings. I don't see how that's going right. to develop him as a starter because now you're going back to the job of Chamberlain thing. So you're going to, all right, you're going to do three months – you're going to have him, let's say he pitches really well in the bullpen. Then you're going to send him down to Vegas to start building his innings up, and then you're going to put him in the rotation. If you're contending, that's clumsy, and um, they're really not in a position to do that as a contending team. And you saw how well that worked for Jabba Chamberlain and the Yankees. Now, Jabba had his other issues, uh, which we won't even get into here, but that's my feeling. If you're going to put him in the bullpen, it's because of need. Uh, personally, I trust Robert Gazelman, even though he's had eight, seven or eight starts, a little bit more because, I mean, Wheeler's mechanics are not great. And, uh, what, it's been two years since he picked up a baseball? It's a long time. I mean, I'm not sure what you thought about that. I, you know what? I agree with you. You know, I'm, I'm a little reticent to move Wheeler into the pen just because, you know what, he's never done it before. He's always been a starter. I think it's tough to kind of make that transition, if you will. Um, I think his body and conditioning – uh, is, is used to being a starter, and I think when you get guys going into the pen, they're warming up multiple times, sometimes during the game three, four times. Um, I think it takes a toll, and I think in terms of just his uh, psyche and him coming back, uh, you know, I think it's important to kind of make him as comfortable as possible. 
Um, I think some fans will say, hey, you're being paid to play a game. You're going to do what the team needs you to do. And, you know, at times I think I tend to agree with that. But I think with someone who's been out of the game for two years um, and hasn't pitched, you know, I, I think you got to try to get him back into familiar territory. Um, you know, so I, I think you ease him back into the rotation. But, you know, I am kind of leaning against putting him into the bullpen to start. Absolutely. And, and let's face it, I mean, and, and I know everyone gets mad when I bring this up, but the strength of one of Terry Collins, Terry Collins is not known for being good at bullpen management and the up and down and how are they going to use him? And is it going to be a situation where there'll be rules like, well, if you use a, a wheeler on a Monday, he needs two days off. Um, it's just clumsy. It's, it's creating a situation. So I don't know how that's going to work. We don't even know if, what if he gets lit up in spring training? Here's a better question. Robert Gazelman pitches lights out, and I know he's only had seven or eight starts. I liked what I saw last year, but he's healthy. He pitches really well in spring training. Wheeler doesn't. Do you send him to Vegas, put him in the bullpen, and is Gazelman higher in the pecking order? For me, Gazelman's higher in the pecking order than uh, Wheeler because he's healthy. Um, I, even I though think it's so, too. Yeah. Size. Yeah, I, I think so. You know what? I, I think, you know what, Gazelman, I think, really really proved himself down the stretch last year. I think he was a surprise. I did not expect that much out of him. Um, but I think if he has a strong spring training and if Wheeler's struggling with command and, uh, you know, kind of getting back into game shape, I, I think you absolutely have to go with Gazelman. And, you know, maybe you put Wheeler on ice and, and you, you know, if he's able to go back down to Vegas, uh, you put him there for a little while to prove that he's healthy and he can get that command back. Um, like you said, he, he's never really had great command to begin with, and who knows what it's going to be like after a two-plus-year layoff at this point. Right. And the only other thing I'd say before I let you go, man, uh, I know it's you know, hindsight, but imagine if they had thrown Wheeler in that Pacific deal into the Fulmer. Rotation would look a lot different. I know that there's been some concerns about Fulmer's uh, uh, health as well long-term from some experts I've seen and, and, and read, but would have been interesting to have Fulmer in this rotation, right? Yep, I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate your time and great show so far, no and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you sure. so much. Very kind words, and I'm glad. Hey, listen, and again, like I say, you know, I read the comments. If you don't like it, that's great, man. Just give me the feedback. I want to hear it. Um, I want to hear what you guys think, and uh, you know, nothing is uh, is off uh, off limits here. Just you know, like I said, let's have uh, some civilized uh, 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 dialogue at least, so people can listen to this later. All right, let's go back to the phone lines here. Uh, 702 and uh, 2567 is the last four digits of the phone number. 702 area code. You're on the air with Mike Silva talking about podcast. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Hey, man. What's going on? Nothing. This is uh, TAG69. Cool. My Thanks handle. for calling in. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. I'm out here in Vegas, by the way. A lot of Mets fans out here. Oh, so you're, you're a, a 51s fan out there, huh? Yeah. I go out to the games on occasion, sure. To see the to see the fifty one, so kind of fun. You gonna miss anyway, Wally Backman? You know, I got to meet him. He was a great guy to talk baseball with. Um, absolutely, he knew his stuff. I am gonna miss him. He was a, a absolutely great guy. Very not, misunderstood not by Mets fans. Yeah. Very misunderstood. I know Mets fans bash him. I'll tell you, if you met Wally and. Um, you had like you know twenty minutes talking baseball. You'd think differently, but anyway, I uh, don't want to interrupt you. What do you got on your mind? Well, I was going to talk a little bit about the Jay Bruce situation. Um, you know what? I'm probably in the minority here, uh, but I think you know what? If we don't get a good deal for him, I say you stick him out in right field, and we're going to get twenty five 
30 homers uh, out of them, 80, 100 RBIs. And I don't see really much wrong with that. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. And I brought this up with um, with Mancuso a couple of weeks ago, and I think Tim Donner and I spoke about it last week. Um, it's a clumsy outfield because of Conforto. So if you keep Bruce, you put Granderson in center, and you put Cespedes in right, and you have Lagares spotting them with the right-handed bat. I guess you could survive with that because you, three lefties with a lefty in the lineup, that, that's a problem. What do you do with Conforto? Because then you're either regulating Conforto to the bench. I don't want Conforto in center. Um, and I almost feel you're stunting Conforto's growth. But it's a catch-22 because if you trade Bruce or Granderson or both, you're investing in Conforto. And if you're wrong, what's your plan B? So at some point, right, you have that's... to pretty much invest in Conforto or not. Unless, And I know that I've seen maybe Jim, uh, Jim Bowden talk about it and, J- and Jim Duquette. Maybe you make Conforto the center of a package and you, they bring up McCutcheon, but then it goes back to you need to get rid of salary, and Conforto's not a salary guy. So now you've got to figure out what you're going to do with the two big money players in Granderson and Bruce if you go for McCutcheon because he's making the same money as those guys. So it's a clumsy outfield. It's got good pieces, but it's almost fantasy baseball type outfield, if you get what I'm saying. No, I, I, to- I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, but I just don't think we should just, you know, Bruce just dump him and get, you know, a – you know, a fringe middle reliever back. I guess my point is, I think we, we you know, we can afford to be patient. And I think we will find a deal eventually that'll work out. I'm just saying if, you know, if for some reason a deal doesn't work out, you know what? So we're stuck with a guy that could hit us 30 home runs, not the end of the world. Conforto it's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, he may not be a New York guy, and I don't know how true that is. Um, Bruce, to me, is a good hitter. Uh, is a hitter that's good on a on a good team batting sixth or seventh. To me, he you remember how Nick Swisher used to be with the Yankees. He was a lot better when he was down in the lineup than he became the centerpiece. To me, that's Jay Bruce. There's I nothing agree. wrong with that. You just don't. I mean, they put him in the middle of the order last year because they had to, and and I'm not sure that was fair. Guy from Cincinnati uprooted his family, and I think that that some people forget. You know, take your lives on July 31st and uproot it across the country on August yep. 1st. Um, get no chance to settle, uh, leave your family, get put into a pennant race, and perform. And I know people are going to say, oh, he's making $13 million, but um, it's not easy, you know? So it's not a bad thought. I just don't think they could afford to keep him in Granderson. That's the way it sounds anyway. Yeah, and I, and I think a deal is going to come. I think once um, Encarnacion and Trumbo sign somewhere, a team's going to be looking for him. And even if it stretches out to the beginning of spring training, you know, a team, you know, another team might come up with an injury or a need that certain that they suddenly need him. I think we can be a little patient here, and I think I think something will develop. Like I said, worst comes to worst, we're stuck with a with a, a decent power hitter, and we have to stunt Conforto's growth for, you know, who knows, maybe another half a year. But I think there's always playing time. I mean, four outfielders. Can work. I mean, uh, Yo's going to need a day off on occasion. Brandy is, you know, he's getting up there in age. So I still think we can somehow rotate the four outfielders and have Lagares come in, you know, for defense and play against the, you know, the lefty on occasion. It's workable, not ideal, but I think, you know, I think we're we're in a decent shape where we're going to get something for, um, you know, for Bruce. And I think it'll happen sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for the call, man. That was uh, that was good stuff. And uh, 
enjoy uh, yourself out in Vegas. Look, it, that is certainly something to consider. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that because, again, you keep hearing – Sandy Olison, what I will say about him, I mean he's a – Sandy Olison at his worst annoys me when he talks to me like I'm a, like he's a lawyer, and he can be very condescending. I mean and, and, and sometimes I, I, I get aggravated listening to the media while he's basically lecturing them, and they're not challenging him. Um, but he's become better with that. I think he's pretty transparent. If you listen to Sandy Alderson talk, he gives you all the buzzwords you need to know what's going on. And he's not going to sit there and say ownership doesn't doesn't have the ability to go above a certain threshold. But he said that, and I know that and no one's brought that up. And I know that's probably annoying some people. But we knew like this is not a team that's now the Mets a few years ago couldn't go to a hundred million dollars. So now they're at a more of a big market payroll at buck thirty to buck fifty. What annoys the fans is they can't go to sixty one seventy one eighty. But they're not going to go that route. That's not their thing. So they have a lot of debt. That stadium is expensive. I know that you could say about attendance and whatnot, and um, it's, they're probably going to have to behave this way. And I think they're always going to behave this way because I don't. I, they were on the precipice of losing the team, and I think they don't want to go back to that, and they don't want to get into some bad contracts. Though um, I still think they need to address the bullpen before they go out and they and they trade Bruce. So um, let's go back to the phone lines again. The number six four six. 716-8187. Call. It's uh, it's about uh, 9.35 right now, so we'll be on the air until about 10 o'clock. And believe me, at around 10, if you guys still have you know people on hold that want to talk, I'll, I'll take your call. Uh, 908 and uh, 3027 is the last four digits of the number. You're on the air with Mike Silva here on the Talking Mets podcast. Yes, hi. This is Andrew Herbst from, from Jersey. How you doing, Mike? Great show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. What's going on? Well, let me ask you about Jose Reyes this year, Mike. What are your... What are your thoughts? Do you see him being an everyday player or being like a or being like a utility guy off the bench, like playing a little second and short and third and even some outfield? How do you see uh, Jose fitting into the uh, lineup this year? I think he's going to be an everyday player because I don't think David Wright's going to be able to play every day. Now, do I think he's going to play third every day? No. Um, you know, everybody talks about Jose Reyes like he's this washed-up player, but if you go to his baseball reference page, look at his uh, OPS plus. Uh, right. And look at what he did. It's really no different than historically. I mean, Reyes was never. I mean, Reyes was always good because of his because of the dynamic he could bring with his speed and the position he played. Um, but he was always what 106 to 110 OPS plus, even when he was given the big contract by Miami. I didn't see a different. He's not the 70 stolen base Reyes, and maybe he's slow to step, but he looked the same to me. I don't know about you last year in the games I watched. Yeah, I thought he looked good too. I thought his speed. I thought his. I thought his speed was. I, I thought his speed was a lot better than people. Than people give him credit for. And I thought. And I thought that all these reports that he was washed up were really exaggerated. I thought he looked. I thought he looked great. I mean, considering all the, considering considering that he's been hurt and missed a lot of time. So I think. So I think he did really well. Yeah, I I think he's gonna get. Uh, and uh, and thanks for the call. I think he's gonna get a lot of time. Uh, because I just don't think there's, you know, there's always that 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 health issue. Here's the other thing, guys. Let's think about this. Estrubel Cabrera played, and let me bring up the numbers here, because at one point he was playing every day. Estrubel Cabrera played 141 games. He's 30 years old. He did get hurt. Uh, what was it? Some point in August, he would have easily, if he didn't get hurt, surpassed the 150 game mark. Not that he's old, but. I mean, shortstop is a demanding position. The one thing that a lot of people forget 
is that you play the middle infield, you get banged up. And uh, and you got your legs. You get. I mean, I know the with the slides now and what have you. You really can't do a lot of the things that um, you used to be able to. But it's still a very demanding position. So you're going to need to give Cabrera a blow. Um, at some point, you got to think Neil Walker has a back issue. He might need a day game after a night game. Uh, you know, Flores is going to get in there. You, you, you're moving things around. And here's the thing that we haven't even brought up. T.J. Rivera. Now, I don't know if T.J. Rivera is going to be a guy that could hit 280 with a little bit of pop. He doesn't walk a lot. He's an aggressive hitter at the plate. I, I still think that you can be an aggressive hitter uh, as long as you're responsibly aggressive, if that's the word I could use, and be productive. I mean, if you look back, you know, you look at a guy like Mookie Wilson. Mookie Wilson never walked, but he was a good hitter. I mean, he was a decent hitter. I mean, maybe he was a little overrated in the minds of Mets fans because he was a dynamic player uh, early in his career on a bad team. And then he was part of a championship team. And if you really had, if you had advanced statistics in the eighties, I think if you peeled the onion on some of those Mets players on the A's team, the team that I watched growing up, they wouldn't look as good as we remember them. And some would look better. I think the Mets, if they had advanced statistics, might've not traded Lenny Dykstra from Juan Samuel. But we're getting off on a tangent over there. I want to get back to the phone. I am going to get to Terry. You know, Terry Collins made some comments that I thought were interesting at the winter meeting. Anytime Terry opens his mouth, it's usually something very dumb that he says, uh, and then he'll backtrack on it. And uh, he said, I thought, something very revealing. Not David Wright playing 130 games. That's not going to happen. By the way, our buddy that that called in Vegas, if I'm him, if he could get somebody in Vegas to take that over-under, if they're actually going to take the under, I put a lot of money on the under, maybe he'll be able to buy his next house in cash on that one. And I love David. I don't mean to be rude on that, but that just to me is the situation. All right, let's go. Um, 518 area code and 5282 seems to be the uh, the last four digits. Give me your name. You're on the air with Mike Silver on the Talking Mets podcast. Hi, I'm the professor. Hello, and professor. I have a you're talking about over unders. I have a few over unders for you. Um, Love to hear. Yes, uh, yeah, for the year. Uh, win. Okay. Ninety and a half. That's right around the money. That's a tough over under. Um, right now, now let's, that, let's say that's you a have push. to bet your car on it. Well, I, well, here's the funny part. My car's got 146,000 miles, and I bought it in 2012. So, could somebody take it? Because I still owe about nine grand on it. So maybe that's a good bet. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a good one. If every pitcher comes back healthy like they did in 2015, I think that's a slight over, but that's right around where, you, where they're going to be, I think. They're about a 91 team right now. Um, yeah. And that's what, they're, that's what they should have been. Well, that's what they were in, in 2015, and their run score differential indicated that they were right around there. Now, you just mentioned right. Let's say over under 40 games played. Because I think there's a chance he doesn't play that's a good one too. single game. You're, are you a handicapper? Because that's pretty good. Because that's around what he's played, what, the last couple of years? Um, wow. I'm going to say he'll get over that. But I, I don't know. Because I, I, I think David's going to really try hard. Because of his work ethic and who he is, and what he's meant to the franchise, and the amount of and the amount of chances that the team will give. And I know Collins has an affinity for veterans. You saw that with um, Bobby Parnell a couple of years ago. 
Uh, I'm going to say over, and I don't know, if it'll, but I don't think it'll be much over. I can tell you that. I mean, with him, I think it's either going to be zero. I think he. I think there's a good chance he just retires in spring training. I think he's going to give it a shot. I agree. Possibly just realize you can't do it any bit every day, or he'll be fine and do about 50 to 80 games. But, I'll tell you uh, what. Without- I'll throw you mm-hmm. before you get that. I'll throw you one other thing. If Collins plays him four out of five days and the doctors don't stop him, like he said this yeah. week, and the manager doesn't stop him, he'll uh, he'll break down before Memorial Day. Book that because that's what happened yeah. last year. I mean, that's what happens. You get six. What you you got six good weeks out of him in fifteen, and he started to decline in the playoffs. If you remember, and what'd you get mm-hmm. about six weeks out of him this year? Right. Right. So, so what else you got for me? Darno's. Home runs, 12 and a half. He's never shown me that he could hit. I yeah. just want him to be more consistent. I'll take the whatever power you give me. Yeah. I mean, he was bad. I mean, it's funny. He only had two less hits than he did the year before. I was looking at this the other day. But his power was way down, and he was so inconsistent. And, um, I mean, it's just amazing how far down the pecking order in terms of his performance. He was so significantly below league average. He killed him yeah. in that lineup. Yeah. The only thing saving him is there aren't many good catchers out there. And he's his status. I mean, they traded uh, a, a Cy Young pitcher for him. He's been a – you know, when you're um, a highly rated prospect, teams will give you a lot of chances. It's that old uh, – you know, it's, 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 it's that marketing moniker that you get attached, attached to you. Sometimes the uh, – the hype and, and reality don't match, but he'll get a lot of chances. But right now, he's never shown me that he's more than a backup catcher. But hopefully, I'm wrong. I mean, I, yeah. I don't dislike the guy. I've met him a couple of times. He's not the most dynamic personality. I'm not saying he's not a good guy, but um, I've never seen anything. From the day he came up, other than that short spurt in 2015 in the second half, he's never mm-hmm. shown me that he's anything special. But you know, people yeah. seem to think I'm crazy sometimes. True. All right, I All guess right. I'll do one more. Thor's yep. strikeouts, 200. You know, that's a good one, and I'm going to say over, but the only thing that concerns me about that is he's got to go deeper into games. That whole staff has to go. The, the problem I have with the staff is you want to be, you know, modern-day Generation K. Mm-hmm. You can't go six innings, two runs. you got to go seven innings, yeah. maybe seven and uh, change. It, it's the name of the game these days, literally, and wow. Figuratively, I suppose. Yeah, but you know what though? Six innings, two run is that's not elite. That's very good. Like even I mean, Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. doesn't do that. Madison Bumgarner doesn't do that. Like these guys talk about being at that level. If you're gonna talk about being at the level, then you gotta be at that level. I mean, yeah, Harvey did it at, before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Degrom, I think, to a certain degree, did it. If you gave me the old Chris Russo gun to your head, I still would give. DeGrom the ball in a big game because I think if he doesn't have his best stuff, he'll he'll work his way through it. The other guys, I'm not so sure about. But to answer your question, I'm going to say over because I just think if he stays healthy, I think Syndergaard's on that track where he's got that kind of like that upward trajectory feel to him anyway. Um, but, um, you know, you were really good at handicapping, man. Those were not easy over-unders. I give you some credit on that. Those were no, tough, especially you. the wins. That's pretty good. Do you handicap for a living? No, but I, I just <laughs> find it interesting. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate your time tonight, man. Thank, keep call, keep, keep listening and love to uh, to do this again. And 
that was uh, that was good stuff. All right, we've got some more callers on hold. Uh, let's get to them. It's around 9.45. The time flies when you're having fun, and you guys have been good, man. i got to tell you, it's, it's nice to hear the community uh, live. And even though, you know, uh, there's always going to be criticism, it's nice to get some reaction. And uh, i got to tell you, uh, I, I've always – when I took this on, I don't want to get sentimental or anything here – when I took this project on with Joe D, I didn't know what to expect because I've never done niche to the point of Mets. I've done baseball, Mets, and Yankees. And when I took this on and did this in March, I was so amazed at the difference of the engagement level of just doing one baseball team. Because when you do New York baseball like I did for so many years, it would have its ebbs and flows, but you really never embraced the community because they didn't feel that you were part of them. Because you're doing both teams. The Yankee fan doesn't want to hear about the Mets and vice versa. And you have a few fans that like both interacting with both uh, you know, from a radio perspective, the, the topics and the narrative. But not many people really want to go both sides. So you don't get what you get. And tonight, I think, from my perspective so far, um, has been a success because I wasn't sure what to expect, what kind of calls, what kind of dialogue. And so far, it's been good. Even the guy that was rattling the papers, I don't know if he was trying to find his notes or if he's trying to be funny, um, his trades were a little – I mean his trades weren't as bad as I've heard. I mean I've heard worse trades on WFAN than what he proposed. Now the Charlie Blackman trade, I would do that trade. Um, the Rockies wouldn't. The do the trade I wouldn't do if I were the Mets anyway. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. 813 area code 4893 is the uh, last four digits. You're on the air with the Talking Mets podcast and Mike Silva. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Um, I, hey, think that, uh, I think that Cafordo, uh is going to do 2580, that 285 this year. You know, mouth to people, God's uh, ears. <laughs> 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 right, the, the kid, the kid's got. He's just natural. He's he's natural, and uh, I think that he got caught up in. Uh, would you want to call it the Southmore jinx, or do you want to call it that he uh, got home run happy? And then he had a little wrist injury that, you know, wrist injuries sometimes don't heal. But, you know, it takes a while, three, four, five months. So I think he's going to be back. I agree you know, with and, everything you said. If you want to know, and I could, you know, a buddy of mine works in minor league baseball, and he had actually spoke to Wally Backman back in the summer. And well, Wally said that exactly what you said. They're they're really focusing on him pulling. The whole Daniel Murphy uh, renaissance, right. I think. Uh, because Kevin Long. Long does, yeah. Kevin Long is into that. Look, we could knock Kevin Long. Kevin Long is a good hitting coach, and I've I love, interviewed I love Kevin, Kevin Long. Long. But remember, yeah. whatever he believes in, and this is any hitting coach, um, whatever right. he believes in doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. It worked for Curtis Granderson. Right. It worked for Murphy. Um, yes. It may not work for Conforto. I'm not saying that that's the case. I don't know that. Um, I right. think Conforto just goes up, and if you look at his numbers in September. They were a lot better. I go back right. to what we and talked I, about earlier. Here's the mm-hmm. thing. If you don't play him every day, um, and as soon it. as he slumps, I don't think it's going to help. Now, I'm not saying you have no. to play him against every lefty. But if right. you're going to do what you do is sit him. The other thing, and it goes back to your other point, which was very good, that people forget. Conforto, when he was uh, brought up in 15, didn't play against lefties, and they eased him into the lineup. 
Then they right. threw him into the, the deep end of the pool last year. Human being, he, you know, potentially would um, uh, feel the pressure. And then he got into a little slump. Right. And, uh, know, and it was probably the team in the third college. Right. I, yeah. I, 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 just, I just think he's going to – I think if you leave him, you put him in right field, you're going to have a superstar. I think he's a key Hernandez with power. I love him. <laughs> would really you – well, let Duda, me just throw this – Judah's going to have a monster year. Because this is his walk year. Well, yeah. Well, let me throw this at you. So if the Pirates say, I'll do a package, and Conforto's the centerpiece, and then you got to trade secondary pitchers, maybe you got to give up. No way. I want, minor I'm league prospect. Is, I would never trade Conforto for, uh, for McCutcheon. Never. Never. Really? Okay. That would you're be that crazy. High. Because, you know, let me tell you why. Because you're going to give up. Uh, which which I see, and I'm sure you do. You, this kid is so talented. Uh, let him spray the ball all over. This kid is going to be a super guy if you do it right. But McCutcheon, if you watched him last year, which I you know I have the baseball package, I've yep. seen him totally different ball player. Uh, he, he's way slower than I've ever seen him before. Not getting jumps on balls. Maybe it was because they were playing him in a lot. He was. If you looked at him, if you look at all some of the tapes, you'll see he played in so much center field instead of playing back, and he couldn't reach. He couldn't get to the balls. Uh, it was amazing. Plus, I think there's something. There was something wrong with his leg, or maybe it's just becoming, you know, from wear and tear. You remember, he's done a lot of things, and you know, and uh, I just think that he's a step slower. I wouldn't get plus. Plus, okay, the money's good. You know, you might get a little value out of it, but I don't think he's the player. I'd rather have Cotuardo. I would never give up, give up Cafardo for. I wouldn't. No. And here's here's another thing. I mean, and it's interesting because you wouldn't give up Conforto. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, if you start to get into the deep end of certain superstar players and he's the center package, then you got to think about it. But I wouldn't but, give up any of the young pitchers either because I like to. I love how people say, "Well," and I even see this on and on on MLB Network. Guys like Steve Phillips will give Conforto and Mats and go get McCutcheon. You start getting pitcher after pitcher. You move those pitchers. You need you need eight to ten starters to get through a season. Right now, you have guys like uh, Lugo and Gazelman and Wheeler as kind of the back end. He's, he's, a, he's a junior. He's a junior to Grom. Gelsman is going to turn into a, not 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 maybe as hard thrower, but you watch. I think he's going to be a super pitcher in the major leagues. Right. I think he's going to slot in as a third starter. Down the road, I don't know. You know, we don't know what's going to happen right now. But as of now, you know, he's going to be either the fifth or, or just in the, in the bullpen. Because I would, leave, I would. They're panicking about the bullpen, but I think Gelsman or even Lugo could actually come in and and, and one inning and have a clean inning. Yeah, that, I think that's where this is going. I I, I think. Look, I, I understand the frustration with how the last few days have gone. Um, but let's remember something. Just because you do something and you get a lot of buzz now, I mean, it's almost become like general managers want to win the winter meeting. Nobody wins a title. <laughs> but people want – because, you know, remember, these are all young guys now. Um, you know, I, right. I – you know, probably – some of them are younger than me, which – and I'm 39, so, I mean, I feel, you know, like I'm – geez, like when I, was, when I was 32, I wasn't able to run anything, much less a baseball team, Right. So and they see them do that. And they want to win the winter meetings. They want to be in front of the papers. They obviously they want to make their boss feel good, which is the owners. Uh, but right. how many of these teams, like San Diego and all these teams that have won the winter meetings, have come out and done anything? They don't. 
Sandy's methodical, right. and that's annoying. But I think right. it's going to play well here. I agree with you. I wouldn't trade Conforto. I would not trade the young pitchers. And, uh, hey, I appreciate the call, man. That was a great call. And, and, and hopefully you continue to listen. And, uh, and oh, thank I'll you so listen. much for calling oh, no, in tonight. I love it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, you got it. That, I, I do appreciate that. Thanks for the call. I have somebody who's been on hold for about 30 minutes lurking. The only caller I got in the queue now. And, by the way, we've got about five minutes left. So the number is 646 716-8187, and I'd love to uh, hear from you. All right, so um, private number, Skype, not sure where you're calling in from. One last shot. You've been on hold a while. You're the only caller left. Uh, you're on the air with the Talking Mets podcast. How are you? Hello? 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 You're on the Talking Mets podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Great. Just one quick uh, point, and then I'm going to hang up. I want to hear what you have to say. Um, sure. Darno, really, really horrible. Um, the, you know, the, his ERA was maybe a point higher than Renee mm-hmm. when when he was behind. They really got to figure it out. Um, I was thinking of one trade. Maybe they could trade Wheeler to the Colorado Rockies. They got Tom Murphy. Um, he had great numbers in the minors. I'm going to hang up and hear what you have to say. That's interesting, and thank you for the call. And his catcher ERA, you're right, was high. And here's the thing, and I'll look up Tom Murphy because, I, geez, I don't know. I mean, dear Tom Murphy. Um, I don't know much about him. And I'm going to go straight on numbers, and, and I, unfortunately I don't have time while I'm on the air to do an extensive – uh, search on him, but this is somebody I will will look into. If you're tra- Travis Darno, and I said this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, if you're Travis Darno, and you at this juncture in your career lose your job and have a journeyman catcher, catch and throw guy like Rene Rivera, beat you out. That's a big indictment. Now maybe he had the rotator cuff situation. I don't know how much that affected him certainly affected his throwing. I don't know how that affected his hitting. They brought in Glenn Sherlock. He's going to work with him. You know, you're in your prime now. It's time to either do it or don't. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it. I just don't know. It looks like we got some people popping on. So you know what? I'll stay on and we'll continue to do um, a little bit more. The stream is going to die in a couple of minutes because I only have an hour here. So let's try one more. Uh, 607 area code uh, 8383 is the last four digits here. Last call tonight. How are you doing tonight? How are you? Good. Uh, this is Tier Lifer from MMO. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. Uh, my question for you is uh, what kind of year do you expect out of Matt Harvey? And one last thing, I'd like to wish uh, the Mets Templar a Merry Christmas. I'll hang up and listen to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. The only concern I have about Matt Harvey is it's it's an injury that affects stamina. Can he come back and and be the pitcher that gives you length? Because then he becomes another guy that's like Wheeler. They're going to put him in the bullpen. That that uh, thoracic outlet syndrome, and you saw it this year. He'd be good for a couple innings, and then he would lose it, and it basically saps you from your endurance. And I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I sound maybe ignorant to those who know. But that's from my my understanding, and that's the concern I have. And I think Matt, he's a Boris client. Um, they're going to make sure that they give him every opportunity uh, from a, a resource standpoint to get himself back there. Uh, 
You think Boris is going to sit back and let this turn to, to crap? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, I think Matt is a type A personality. He's a guy that, that doesn't take no for an answer. Um, sometimes you've got to take a step back and not bulldoze your way through things. But um, you know, certainly I think I expect uh, uh, Matt to, to hopefully be back to close to what he, uh, he was before. And he might have to learn how to pitch a little bit more crafty because who knows what kind of uh, repertoire I'll have coming back. But overall, I, uh, that's what I expect. But, but there's obviously no, uh, no guarantee. Hey, one last thing, guys. Did you realize that uh, Terry Collins said something about hunger in spring training? This, and how they're going to come back and they're going to be hungry from day one in spring training. And I thought to myself, didn't I say that all a year on this podcast? And, and, and didn't I criticize for how they prepared? And he essentially said it like, we're going to, you know, now we'll show you, we'll be hungry. Well, isn't that fall on his shoulders? And, and I meant to say this a little bit more in the open and I didn't get to it, but I thought that was interesting. And that's one of the things I, I brought in. They weren't a hungry team. And I criticized it. And Collins basically confirmed that. I got one more call here. Uh, you're the last one on the private line. Let's squeeze you in. You're on the Talking Mets podcast with Mike Silva. How are you? Hello? Going once. All right. Well, that's it, guys. You know, we end on a Terry Collins shot by me. That's always a fun way to be. Uh, everybody will enjoy that. And I really enjoyed this. I thought this went really well. Maybe we'll do this again. Uh, I'll talk to Joe D. Throw more comments in the thread. Um, if you want to send me a note, I'll give you my email address. It's uh, msilva126 at AOL.com. You can send me a note, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. And I did have a mailbag, but I think it's tied into Matt Harvey, so I'm going to have to, uh, I'm gonna have to uh, uh, leave you on that. Hey, we're out of time, but I appreciate everybody uh, calling in. I appreciate the guys over at MetsmerizeOnline.com. Of course, send me a tweet at MikeSilvaMedia. You can check me out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and whatever podcasting service you desire. And uh, have a good holiday. Um, I don't know if I'll be back Sunday. We'll see what the news brings, but uh, we'll be back soon. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Have a great rest of the day. Take care. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, 
passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.